Hey guys, it's Brian. Uh, before you hear this week's podcast, and it's an awesome podcast, but I do have a couple uh, little corrections. Um, here's the deal. Uh, this podcast is full of, uh, let's say, factual uh, errors uh, in that um, we talk a, a lot about Mary Lynn Rice Cub. Uh, you may you know her as Chloe on 24. Um, we talk a lot about Mary Lynn Rice Cub being on the on the podcast this week. Uh, in fact, she is not on the podcast uh, this week through a clerical error. Uh, rest assured, the people uh, responsible have been fired. Instead, we have a very funny comedian, uh, Jody White, who is in Charlotte uh, this weekend with Arsenio Hall, which would be very, very cool. Two shows Friday night, two shows Saturday night, cltcomedyzone.com for tickets. We have an interview that uh, Comedy Zone podcast host Will Jacobs did a few weeks ago with April Macy. Um, that is the third segment. Um, comedian April Macy had to deal with a little bit of a heckler issue, and uh, this interview was recorded right after that. So what you have uh, in this show, uh, in spite of everything you are going to hear in the next 20 minutes or so, uh, you have um, Sammy Joe Francis and myself, Brian. Uh, you have uh, Jody White, and you have April Macy. So let's go ahead and listen to the Comedy Zone podcast for this week, and please disregard anything that you hear about uh, Marilyn Ricecup being on the podcast. She is not. She will be on in the next uh, few weeks, but uh, this week she is not. So hey, let's start the thing. From the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Sammy Joe Francis. I feel like we're back to false advertisement. I know, right? Will's gone. He's on the road again. So he's working, which is good for Will. It's very good for Will. Yeah. Not so good for our podcast. Not so good for us. That's okay. We still love him <laughs> well, on occasion when he comes back. I'm fond of him. I don't know if I could say love just yet. Love is a strong word. <laughs> I love him. I'll go that far. There you go. But I also love you. So Aww. you guys are kind of in the same boat. True. A love boat, if you will. Uh huh. I see what you did. Uh, so, anyways, you can hear my voice is a little gone, but not because I'm sick, unlike you. Yeah. I've been, uh, the past 48 hours have been, have been a, uh, it's not been good. You yeah. like at this stage, you should be auditioning for Nyquil, right? And commercials because you sound like <laughs> the guy who's like, "Oh, I can't." You know. Yesterday morning, I had this like this really deep like, "Hey, baby." Oh yeah. Just this like really Phone super deep. So I, was, I was like, "I I gotta go cut some voiceovers or something right. quick because I've got I've got that." Awesome. Sorry, guys, my temporary porn career is calling. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> gotta gotta make hay while the sun is up. Is that what they say? I yeah, made a voyage. Voices. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like yeah. you're just using sayings that I've never just heard Just words. Of. It's all just words. So we had a band in my bar last night, which is why I sound like this. And I didn't get much sleep. Yeah. Uh, now, a band in that particular bar, it doesn't it doesn't feel like the right... I mean, maybe on the patio, but it just doesn't feel like the right place for, for live music. It actually does really well for live music. But if you're not looking for a live music scene, it's very overwhelming. Because yeah. it is a tiny place. So when the band starts, you... Even if you're the furthest away, you can. It's still very loud. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which makes what do you want to drink? <laughs> very straining on my voice. So that's always a good time. Yeah. So we're quite the pair. Yes. Today. 
yes, for yeah. music to your ears. Yeah. Uh, special guest on the show this afternoon. Me? Or the, the, well, we're going to have a special guest. I'm not the special guest. Well, I'm so disappointed. You're the guest. You're the host. You're the. You're the. All right. You're, I'm you're special always every here. Day? You're always here. That uh, means I'm not special. Just tell yeah. me I'm special. That's all I want. It's all chicks. We're doing an all chick show. You're not a chick. Well, <laughs> guest wise. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jody White. Yeah. Uh, comedian will be on the show. She'll be joining us uh, uh, in the second segment. And then a couple weeks ago, um, Will Jacobs went down to Florida. And uh, he featured for uh, Marilyn Rice Cub. That's right. Now the funny girl from Twenty Four. Exactly. Our listeners will know her as Chloe from Twenty Four, and uh, she's also done some stand up and appeared on shows like uh, Those Who Can't with um, Adam Caton Holland and Ben Rory. And, and her stand up was just on Jimmy Fallon a couple weeks ago. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he sat down with uh, Marilyn Rice Cub for about uh, 20, 25 minutes. So we'll play that in the third segment. Did she know he was today. recording? I, I'm just I, kidding. I, I don't <laughs> think so. Kidding. I don't. I don't think so. I kind it's of have time. a, I'm a thing. We, we have. I went to high school with one of her cousins, and so when she was here in town, uh-huh. we had this thing like, you know, hey, you know, we I went to school with your cousin. Oh, great! How's Kevin doing? And blah blah blah. So we kind of had this thing like we connected on a on a okay. certain level. Um, and so I said, oh hey, tell you know Mary Lynn. I said and hi when you go. Stands down there. out in your brain. Does it stand right. out in hers? Not in the slightest, apparently, because she had no idea who... He showed her a picture. Will showed Marilyn Ricecup a picture. It's like, no, no, this guy. Yeah, no recollection whatsoever. Well, next time you just need to be a flasher, and she'll she'll freaking remember you then. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drop the F-bomb, but it's a little early, and it's I'm a okay. little raspy, yeah. so... It seems for the best. Right. But I'll yeah, save what, that till later. I mean, I know she meets, you know, a thousand people every time she goes to a town. And, yeah, and but you knew her cousin. I get it. Right, yeah. I feel I, like you're a little hurt. Was just a little disappointed. That, right. That Maryland didn't. Were there some her. crocodile tears that? No, no, okay. it wasn't. That, I wasn't that disappointed. He's tearing thought, up right now, guys. Don't. Let I him just fool thought, you. oh, I would, I would have thought Maryland would have remembered me, but. Especially after a picture. Yeah. It, it, How tall are you? A picture of us together, no less. Oh, it was what? like, here's you standing next to this guy. Do you have no, no recollection? Whatsoever. How tall are you? Six eight. Okay, I'm sorry, but I would remember meeting someone who knows my cousin. That's six eight. Theoretically. Even if you miss. If you meet a thousand people every weekend, though. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't I do know. meet I, a thousand people every weekend. They're just generally asking for Jack and Coke and not a picture with me. True. Most of them. Eight out of ten. Eight and a half. <laughs> and there's some babies who want a picture with me. Sign my baby. Okay. So, Monday, did you watch the game? I, I, I got to see the uh, most of the second half. You know, I'm kind of disappointed that Will isn't here because I know he was super excited for Villanova. Villanova, baby. Yeah. And I'm a Carolina girl, but... I had Villanova winning the bracket, which means I won the bracket pool, baby. Yes. You had Villanova winning. Yeah. Now, is that from any? Is that from your your immense knowledge, knowledge of college basketball, or you was say it that just sarcastically? <laughs> but no, I did a little bit of research going into the bracket, and Villanova to me was the only team that had a solid offense and a solid defense. Everybody else had like a stellar offense or a stellar defense, yeah. but didn't have both. Carolina just kept getting better and better, so I was nervous about them. It's probably the best championship game I've seen in a while, though. Yeah, a lot of, you know, everybody always wants to say, it's the best championship game ever. Let, let's just slow down on, you know, best championship I game ever. I said it was and, one and, of. And, I didn't say it was the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly probably the, 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 the best at the last minute was great. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it was just back and yeah. forth, which, which is exciting when you're watching the game. Instead of being a blowout, I hate blowout games. They're no fun to watch. Yeah, like the final four. Both final yes. four games were brutal. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, 
the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four, those games were better. Yeah. At least it finished with a good game. Thanks for quitting, Oklahoma. Yeah, you jerks. Blah. But really, I'm okay with it because Villanova won. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we should be. It, it, so you won. You won a, a little bit of a, a little bit of dough. I did. So um, it was, you know, people did ten dollars a bracket, and I answered two of them. So really, if I won two sixty, I, I only, I only won two forty. Two forty, yeah. Right, but Daniel filled his out, and I think all the guys in the pool were kind of mad that girl won. well if it makes you feel any better the female janitor won at the tv station where i work what go her yeah (laughs) did she call villanova winning uh i can't remember now what she had i didn't enter a bracket this year and it was actually really liberating because you can just watch the games and enjoy the game and i always hear that i never fill out a bracket so i'm kind of in the opposite yeah but um but she yeah the 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 janitor lady at work won would you like what, to know how I celebrated so. with my money? How did you celebrate? How, how did you? Well, I got off work about 1, and I got home about one thirty, And I get home to my dog covered oh. in, in poop, and it looks like my other dog's have peed on his back. I'm like, what the hell went on? Daniel went out to watch the game. So I decide to clean the poop off the floor, thanks dogs. Um, and then I decide to give my other dog, the one who's covered in everything, a bath. Well, while I'm giving him a bath, my one dog that never gets along with him keeps touching him on the nose. And I'm like, all right, this is cute, but I don't know why you're getting along unless you have like remorse about R. Kellying your brother. <laughs> but I get to his face and it is like hitch after he ate shellfish, completely swollen, hmm. like poof, disgusting. And it looks infected. So I'm like, did you cut your mouth and eat the poop? Like, no idea. And I have no cameras at home, so it's not like I know. Yeah. So I, Daniel gets home, and I'm like, I got to take him to the emergency vet. It looks awful. They, I get there, and they're like, I had put clove on the corners, so they would stop. There you so go. he would yeah. stop chewing the corners. And um, so I'm like, he's probably allergic. I'm a terrible mom. <laughs> and then they come back, and they're like, are there any wires out? And I'm like, oh, my God. Call Daniel. Yeah, this wire's chewed through. Oh, he electrocuted him oh himself oh. and burned the whole right side corner of his mouth. Oh, oh my God, it looks terrible. So one hundred and seventy dollars later. Yeah, there you go. But well, that emergency vet, it's like fifty bucks a minute or something like that. And I was know. okay with that because yeah. as long as he was okay and exactly. I didn't have to wait. Yeah, nobody was there. It was two in the morning. They're yeah. like, "What are you doing up? You coquette?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> I bartend. I swear." <laughs> anyway, so. Then I had to listen to his breathing, make sure I didn't get fluid in his lungs. But I'm really happy I didn't come home to a dead puppy because I would have cried. Yeah. I would still currently be crying. Yeah. That, that what, is, what electrical electrical cord did he chew on? So we have a surge protector that's next to the couch, and I always turn it off when I leave. Daniel doesn't know to turn it off because I never told him, hey, by the way, I turned that off. Benjamin is the little one who got electrocuted. He's very smart. So Daniel decided to unplug my laptop charger and my cell phone charger, which I greatly appreciate, mm-hmm. from that surge protector. There was a lamp, which was off, and a heater that was off, but still had power running to it. And so he saw him unplug the other stuff and was like, all right, then I'll chew through this. Chew through, like, it's like a double-barreled yeah, wire. Yeah. Chew through half of it. And I guess, like, it hurt so bad that he rolled over in somebody's poop and just went ham because the poop was everywhere he had clawed at the bottom of the sofa so now he's on suicide watch poor little guy yeah that's awful yeah Yeah. and and for the record um, electrocuted means fatal so if you you got a shock 
Oh, he shot. Okay. Yeah, he shocked himself. Oh, who knew? But electrocuted right. means, means. Thanks, news guy. <laughs> okay, so he shocked himself, but he has an electrical burn on yeah, his gums go. and his corner of his right side. That's crazy. Oh my god, it looks terrible. And then after I went to the vet, like I'm holding them, holding him, and I'm just like, they probably think I'm the worst owner ever. Yeah, they didn't. They were very nice, but they were like, he's gonna do this drool thing because he can't control it. Yeah. So then later he's sleeping on my lap and drools through my sweatpants. I was like, yeah. buddy. Yeah. It's not a good look. So how do you keep him from chewing on random things then? Well, I mean, he's the, got toys, right? He's got stuff to he chew. He has on. got a million toys. Yeah. It's that he gets pissed off. Right. Little asshole. I don't know where he gets his <laughs> attitude from. It's I not me. Cannot imagine. Yeah. So I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. When you leave the house. You don't make a big show I of don't. it, right? You're no. not like, oh, little poopsie, I'll see nope. you later. Like little a lot poopsie. of people, because that's where where a lot of the separation anxiety yes. comes from. And I when don't you do make that. leaving a big a big display, and then they get stressed out. I leave the TV on, I lock it, and I leave. Hmm. So you don't and say I make goodbye, sure there's wires just... coated in chicken grease. <laughs> Is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you because he's got toys, right? I don't know. It's just normally we put everything up and I turn that off. Like it wouldn't, I would have been pissed if he chewed through it when it was off. Yeah. But he, it, it would have been. Right. But I guarantee he won't chew through another cord. Oh, I would, right now. I would hope he's learned that lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing he'll start like playing with the burners on the stove. That'll right. Be the, <laughs> right. That'll be the next thing. Yeah. Or I'll just leave like tons of medicine out. <coughs> They're dog treats. There so you go. now he's on, yeah. um, Antibiotics, which is why I was late getting here today. You have to feed him and make sure he eats before he gets the right. medicine. This dog is eating turkey and rice and dog food warmed up slightly and mixed up. And then he gets turkey, so the other dogs have to get turkey. It's a whole fiasco. Is it like actual turkey or is it dog food turkey? You know what I mean? It's like, actual turkey. Like, are you cooking? So you're you're basically cooking for your dog. Uh, well, I was, I was cooking chicken. This is just deli turkey to wrap the... Um, the pill in. Oh, okay. Um, so he's like, if he gets it, he'll normally spit it out. But I give it to him and then give him another piece of turkey. He's like, I'm a happy dog. Yeah. yeah. No cheese idea works too, if he likes cheese. Ooh. Take a little a little cube of cheese, put yeah. the pill in, the, and in two seconds, the pill's gone. This has gone to how to drug your dog <laughs> real quick. <laughs> right. We've been through it with our last two dogs, our current dog. Um, oh. We've discovered, actually fairly recently, she developed an allergy to chicken. And chicken is in everything. Yeah. And so now we we uh, we cook for her every night. We give her. She eats. We kind of alternate. Uh, Wait, one is night. this this is the dog? The current, yeah. Our yeah, current and dog. you also cook for your cat. Uh no, 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 no. Oh, you don't cook for your cat. Just no, the dog. cats will eat. The, the cats are fine. Um, <laughs> we don't care if they break out. They're <laughs> fine. <laughs> but Ode has has yeah um where she was itching herself Today. horribly and yeah yeah. And so we um, we cook for uh, basically rice, frozen mixed vegetables, uh, and then you're um, doing too much. Either tilapia or tuna. Well, it it I mean you know we have to get something where she's not going to scratch herself. Yeah. Um, and she's doing great. It's amazing how much you do for your animals, and they're animals, but they really are your children. I like my dog more than I like most people. Yeah, I think most animal yeah. people agree with you. Yeah. Because I I went outside of the bar yesterday to um, say hello to a rescue dog. And I was like, ah, oh, I guess I'll go back inside to the humans and serve them drinks. Yeah. It's terrible. Awful. Are you dying on me over there? Yes. I okay. I think. All right. If, you could just if I die, it. I'll show you real quick. In How the to break. do it? How to, how to upload the podcast. It's going to be a one-man band so that, real yeah. quick. 
Yeah, just because the show must go on. Yeah, totes. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> just waiting for another cough of death. I'm trying to get more energy. I'm trying to get my energy up, and it's, yeah, it's, well, it's, you and I'm me both. I think it's going to be yeah. a a struggle. I'll chug this coffee on our break. There you go. And then I'll, I'll come worry. back, and our guest will be like, "Why is she so hyped up?" Yeah. What's the um, aside from where you're sitting right now? What's the worst job you've ever had? Well, job is something you get paid for, right. so let's just clarify. What's the worst work you've ever done, either volunteer or otherwise? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. I always find some type of joy in my jobs. The benefit of my job is I've never had like a nine to five, right. and I feel like those are pretty strenuous. But I did um, when I was in college. I um, did like the calling the alumni to try and get. Ugh money from them that That was terrible that can't be good i'll never do that again which is why i can't be in sales yeah any sort of phone work i think i feel like is is a thankless plus if i answer they'll be like oh god that 800 number is calling me back yeah yeah. they're not gonna think yeah oh let me donate to my school yeah that's no good yeah that can't be good yeah so that that was pretty bad what about you i um the first real job i mean like you know i used to i used to like mow lawns in my neighborhood and stuff like that. I mean, that was great. But the first but sort when of you were, like, that was like preteen or teen. It was twenty-seven. No. Uh, like what? <laughs> um, it was last year. The um, my orthodontist owned a racquetball club, and so this was back in not the, a wrecking ball. The ra- <laughs> racquetball came on like a racquetball. Um, this was back in the day when racquetball was a thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. So there were huge. I think clubs. it's only at YMCA now. There were huge, there were clubs Yeah. where, you know, there was just a huge building that was just full of racquetball courts. So they had like 20 racquetball courts and, and a, you know, a bar. it was like a health club, but it was all about racquetball. And, all uh, about the balls. All about the racquetballs. And he hired me for like a dollar twenty-five an hour or what? something like that, which was ridiculously, not even Wait, minimum how wage. how old were you? T- I was nine, eight or nine. That is child labor laws <laughs> right really there. Is, like, right? What the f- Wait, Unless it's your parent, you can't pay that little. Yeah, I, I it it had to be. I mean, I know this is back in the little. '40s, but yeah, I want to say minimum wage was was like a dollar fifty or something like that. So it goes back a long right. time when I was selling papers in the corner. Right, you should have stuck with that. Probably would <laughs> do you better. And so he he hired me for a buck twenty five an hour. I would go in every Saturday, and he did not like the the. The marks, the balls, and the rackets would leave on the on the walls of the Which courts. Which that is all they did, right? And so my job was to go in every Saturday, and with a thing of of, of cleaner, uh, cleaner, and a, a brush or a sponge or a, or a shop towel, and clean the marks off the walls in the racquetball club. How long did that take you? Um, I would. It was generally I was working like four or five hours. A, Every Saturday, maybe six hours. So you were getting five dollars. Yeah, but I was eight or nine. That that was the five bucks for a day's work. That was that was like the greatest job ever. Or you could just do your chores and get two dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought of that. It's okay. Hindsight. Um, Hindsight, honey. That was in retrospect. That was not a very fun job. Yeah. No, I babysat when I was twelve. I got CPR and first aid certified. And then I made the cutest posters ever, like of like Disney characters, and it'd be like Abu on the phone. I'd be like, "If you need someone to call for your child, 
call me. And it's like this 12 year old shows up. I'll watch your kid. Like, um, who made those posters? (laughs) But that was okay. Till the kids got too big. And then I feared for my life. But other than that, it was great. I make good money. Well, that's that's all that matters. I've always been a hustler, if yeah. you will. I've always I think I got I think I got that kind of work ethic thing from you know, I mean I was I was working for money at eight or nine years old. Yeah. Because you know, you, so. you understood the importance of it. And I think I feel like I made more money then. You probably did. <laughs> that's probably true. It feels like I had Do you want to call him and see if he's still hiring? Uh I don't know if he's still around. We could alternate Saturdays. He actually, that's not a bad idea. There you go. He had quite a racket, so to speak. Yes, I did not do that. I'd like to say I did that on purpose. I did not. His, his. Because your eyes lit up as soon as you said it. I was like, yeah. His orthodontic uh, operation. Uh, Did you have braces? I did for four months. So when I was at the station. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but you did like Invisalign. No. No. I had braces. I. I got there, and a month into me being there, I got them taken off. Oh, so okay. it was like the fourth month. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we were friends yet then. Oh, all right. I think that was before because I don't I don't I have zero recollection of you with braces. But even still, they were the braces yeah. that kind of like like they cemented on the front of the tooth. Yep. It's not like okay when I did them back in the in the in the Stone Age. Right. They were metal bands that went around your tooth, so they had to be jammed up onto the tooth and then hammered in place. And then the, that sounds the, freaking it, it was awful. Horrible. I'd be like, you know what? I'm cool with my teeth. And they were expensive, probably like twenty grand for a month yeah, of braces sure. at the time. Um, never mind how they got them off uh, with the pliers. Stop. I don't. Ugh. And like literally, I mean, just a pair of shop pliers, not even like a special orthodontic tool. Right. They like, were just like uh, like let me a just... pair of pliers that I've got in my garage right yeah. now. <laughs> and they put their foot on your face and then pried. It, it, it off <laughs> like they would grab like the part that was this is painful to my teeth it, it it was awful okay so the part that was cemented to the front of your did tooth, they offer you free dentures once they rip your teeth out they should have um <sighs> so the part that was cemented onto the front of your tooth was on the was on the front of this band so like literally there was a band and then that that knob where the wires went into yeah right and so the band went went all the way around your tooth and was cemented onto your tooth and so what they would do is to remove them would would is take the pliers and grab that front part that knob My face on the is front an of the band. Horror <laughs> the entire story. They would grab that knob on the front of the thing and just and just snap it off. Like break it off. Yes, it, it, it was. It, I don't think that's a a proper orthodontic practice. It was awful, but this guy had. Quite the racket though, because his, his, his. Um, Every time you say it, waiting room was completely full of kids my age, all of them with mouths full of braces. So twenty grand a kid, probably thirty kids at any given time. Oh, yeah, when he was sitting pretty. And then you would go into his main area, and there was a row of like ten chairs. So not even individual rooms, but ten chairs, all lined up next to each other in a big room with like a cabinet behind it. So he had all his tools right behind the the row of chairs and by the way that's the last thing you want to do is look at any of those tools before they work on your mouth right and that goes to this day <laughs> so you would go you would wait like an hour if your appointment was three in the afternoon you wouldn't you wouldn't even get into the row of chairs until four so you'd wait in the waiting room for an hour and then go in t- into the row of chairs 
where he would spend his entire day just going from chair to chair and from kid to kid and looking at the braces. Yeah. And, you know, for the most part, the checkup was always, he would finally get to you. And he always, he smelled like Old Spice. I remember that. Do you ever remember tasting something funny? Because there might be something else to (laughs) this story. I don't think so. No, I don't think, I don't think he ever put me under now that I think about it. But, and so um, you would go like literally from, he would go from chair to chair. And so, you know, by the time that you sat down in a chair, he was at the chair next to you. So he had to go all the way through the line to get back to you. So you'd wait for like another this 45 minutes. This is poor minutes. time management. So you your, wait, your uh, orthodontic appointments were three hours three long? Hours. Well, no, I take it back. Um, it was, you know, an hour in the room, another 45 minutes for him to work his way back to you. Once, if it was just a checkup, once he got to you, he would go, okay, let's take a look. And you'd open your mouth and he'd go, okay, bite. And he'd bite. And he'd go, open, bite, open, bite. Looks good. See you in six weeks. That was it. He never did anything. That's what, crazy. What a scam. Yeah. So he never tightened them or anything like that? I, I don't I'm even sure know how he you must have freaking tighten those. Things. I'm sure he must have. He must right. have done something. I had the headgear, and it, it was. I was. I was quite oh, a sight. Sexy. Yeah. yeah how long did you have braces? A couple years. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I I got off real easy with only four months. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, but they only had to move one one tooth of mine, like my oh, really? the vampire so the whole... tooth was. Uh, that's what I call it. I know it's not called that, that's, guys. Don't freak out. That's hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, my vampire tooth. Uh, the I still had a baby tooth. At age 23. Well, that's weird. Yeah. So um, he was like, look, if I remove the adult tooth, the baby tooth doesn't have enough root to stay. So we'll have to remove it. And it was further, the adult tooth, obviously, was further back. Well, initially when I said I had gone to the orthodontist, they had said, um, you know, it's a shame because really without this, you didn't need braces. I'm like, no. If I'm paying you to give me braces, tell me my teeth are so horribly screwed up that I will not be able to live a normal life without them. Anyway, so I ended up waiting, met my friend who was a periodontist. He took that tooth out and then referred me to a friend who got those braces in and out real quick. And then as soon as I got my braces off, my um, cream dog that I was talking about earlier uh, was sleeping. And I kissed him on the nose in the middle of the night, woke up and bit me 10 stitches, uh, like maybe two weeks after I got my braces uh, off. Yeah. Oh. That was bad. I don't remember that. Was that after... Oh, and I did a story like right after, like I had I had a yeah. a story with the Providence Day athletic director. Right. Called him and I go, hey, just want you to know I'm still gonna come out, but my dog bit me, so it looks terrible, and it's on my lip, so I'm just forewarning you. Uh, it was ten stitches. Oh, it was ten stitches. Wow. Oh yeah, and my dog has a hang tooth, so the bite was not gonna be an even pretty bite. Yeah. He wanted to make his mark. Is that but, what attracted you to the dog? Because you both had the same kind of weird tooth? Yep. Cool. Except mine was on top. His was on bottom. Uh-huh. Ah. It's like hooked for life. Yeah. Literally now. Mm. But um, yeah, as good. soon as he came to, he realized what he did and like cowered to me. But the damage was done. Yeah. That's awful. I look like a porn star afterwards because they numbed my lip and it puffed up. So, 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 looked, so you I was a beaten all, porn star. It was, yeah. it was pretty Ooh, sexual. Oh, oh. That was sexy and sexual together. You made it a little weird. Did I? Yeah. A little bit. But you kind of liked it? A little bit. All right, good. All right, we should probably take a break. Okay. Um, big show, Jody White. Yes. Coming up uh, in the next segment, segment Marilyn Rice Cub. Yeah. In the third, even though... And I don't know what's on that one, so I'm kind of interested to hear that. Yeah. 
Um, it um, besides denying knowing you. Right, right, right. Yeah, which she does like right off the top. Will's right. like, hey, do you know this guy? Nope, nope, don't know him. So, so there you go. We have. That. Did you touch her inappropriately? I don't think so. Hmm. I think we hugged. I think when she like like after her How show, I went the into hug? the green room. It, it was not uncomfortably inappropriate. I don't right. think it was. It you was should just a start hug. doing that just on purpose. Just hug and don't. <laughs> let then go they'll for remember a solid the big giant seconds. guy, right? And like make a noise. Uh, yeah. Like during it. Yes. Yeah. Then they'll remember me. <laughs> God damn it. All right, send us to a break, Sammy Jeff. All right, we'll be right back. All kinds of great shows coming up at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina for the like month what? of April. Are you ready? I'm Are so you ready, ready for this list? Uh, first of all, this weekend, it's Arsenio Hall, legendary comedian Arsenio Hall. Are there still tickets to that? There are. I believe um, I believe some tickets still available. Two shows Friday, April 8th. Two shows Saturday, April 9th. Let me give you a heads up, folks, yes. because I came to the uh, Michael Yo show, and there were tons of people in line. I said, well, if you would have called that's right, or gone online, you could have skipped that line, That's right. in which I did. That's right. Skip that line. You can call the box office. We'll give out this information again. 980-321-4702 for the box office to get your tickets for Arsenio Hall and the other shows that we're going to mention. Also, uh, cltcomedyzone.com to actually purchase tickets online. It's super easy. It doesn't get any easier. And you know you're looking for something to do besides work at work, so yeah. go and buy some comedy tickets. Arsenio Hall. See a bit of uh, stand-up comic and uh, television history. Arsenio here for four shows, Friday, April 8th, Saturday, April 9th. The Sklar Brothers coming up the weekend after that. Also in April, uh, D-Ray Davis, Dick Gregory, Greg Barrett uh, coming up in May. Um, other huge shows coming up at the Comedy Zone. Dave Attell, Craig Robinson, Bruce Bruce, Fortune Feimster. Uh, just announced Pete Davidson. Also just announced for later this year, Sinbad. Sinbad. Back on the road. Wow. Uh, and uh, performing stand-up. He'll be here a little bit later on. Also other shows coming up, uh, Funny on the Fly, Fight Night, all kinds of Those cool Those are stuff. always good. See some local talent. At the Comedy Zone. Check out cltcomedyzone.com. Follow the Comedy Zone on Facebook and Twitter as well uh, on the Twitter on the Twitter. <laughs> on the so Twitter. Official. It's at uh, Comedy Zone CLT, Twitter and Instagram, and find the club on Facebook. Plenty of great shows coming up. Three thirty in the morning. Not a soul inside. Alright, so it turns out I'm really bad at this. Apparently. I mean that's a great song, but you took like the very beginning, which is very Slow to start. That's all right. I'll try to do better. We're at no. It's already done. You've ruined it. I like storms. It was good. There you go. Okay, perfect. We're hanging out with Jody White, and uh, we asked her what type of music she liked. She said country, and the only artist that Brian could go to come up with was Garth Brooks. Not a bad artist, but uh, that was the song he yeah. chose. In the moment you just said country, everybody on the other end went boo. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Everybody turned. Like, right. We're done listening we're to done. this. We're done. We're not listening to right. this anymore. That's okay. I like country. Do you? Yeah. yeah. You're from Florida, right? Yeah. Is is country big where you're from? I I don't know. I don't know if it's big where I'm from. And it's I don't know. I just like the words. Yeah. I think the it's more a girl thing. I like I like the story, I like the words. Yeah. So Right. Men like the beat and the head banging and women like the words and the story and touch my heart and make me cry a little. Oh my god, that was so sweet. <laughs> That is so true. All right. So I want to talk to you because I've, I know you're in town all week. You were here Tuesday. You're basically 
doing your residency here. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday, you had a show called Girl Power. I was actually not here for Girl Power. Oh, okay. So then Wednesday, you were the headliner. Yeah. Last night, I headlined. And how was that? It was awesome. They were a great crowd. Uh, just amazing. Comedy gods shine down upon you. Everything <laughs> you do is absolutely perfect. People stood up at the end. And But you're not headlining the rest of the weekend. You are featuring. Right. Um, Nick Lewis, is that right? Yes, that's right. Is, uh, I'm opening for him tonight and then Arsenio Hall Friday and Saturday. Very cool. Yeah. So have you met Arsenio before? I have not talked to him, but... Um, my husband has been on shows at the Comedy Magic Club with him. Okay. So I've seen him and passed you know him, him in the hall. You know by association. Like, you know, you do that little uh, head nod as right. you pass them in the hall. Like, right. what's up, Arsenio? You know. Which is pretty much like, I don't feel like talking. Let me just head nod <laughs> and keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. I don't do well with celebrities, so it should be a fun weekend. Oh, yeah. 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 No pressure there. Yeah, no. I, I have like ce- celebrity nervous. I'm going to act like a moron. Right. Just don't you. pee yourself on stage. and I think you'll be all right. Yeah, I will try. Or maybe you could. Maybe that'll be part of your thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's my new closer. Yeah. <laughs> it should be pretty packed, though, for those shows. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, for sure. And it's the weekend, so that always helps that people are out and able to drink. A little more than Monday or Tuesday. Well, Monday doesn't yeah. count. Lots of people were drinking because of Carolina being in the national championship. They're all. Yeah. I'm pretty sure so many people called into work on Tuesday. They were drinking last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. They were drinking at my bar last night. That's true. Maybe it's just people just drink all the time. Yeah. And I just give them more responsibility in my head <laughs> that, <laughs> that they're more responsible during the week. It's false. So tell me a little bit about what, where you draw your comedy from. Uh, it's all my life. I'm on my fourth husband. I have. So, do you change your name every time? Uh, I do. Do you? Yeah. It's that so, is shocking. It's so funny because uh, my husband's a comedian, also Dale Jones. Um, and we just had we were just going through our papers, organizing stuff, and he's like, "How come your social security card looks so new and mine is so old and ratty?" And I'm like, "Because I get a new one every six years." <laughs> that's that's why. Uh, yeah. But uh, isn't it kind of a pain to change your last name? That's just what I hear from my friends who get married who try to change your last name. It is. But after you do it a couple of times, then you, you get used to it. They're like, oh, hey, Jody, what's the new name this year? Yeah, yeah? exactly. All right, that's good. How is it being married to an, another comedian? I can't imagine being married to a norm. I know that sounds weird. Were, were the first three norms? Uh, yes. Oh. Yeah, the first three were norms. Um, Bless their little heart. Right. <laughs> but when you travel um, all over the country, it's sure. harder. It's harder. And now sometimes we get to travel together. We work a lot of cruise ships together and stuff. Yeah. Um, not a bad gig to have. No, <laughs> it's not. Especially when we get to work together and travel the world and get paid. And, right. you know, that's awesome. Uh, but you get it, too. You get that, okay, after the show, I'm going to be out here selling merch. I'm going to take pictures with people. Right. Uh, you I'm going to make, gonna out make with it look a couple like, people. Right. I'm going to make out with some build other girls. Build your fan base. Build the fan base. Right. And I'm going back to my room alone. Right. And, and, and uh, leave I, me alone. I even see, like, other people, you know, when they brought their spouse on the road and there's this tension there watching the after the show. But when you're married to a comedian, they get it. It's like, yeah. oh, build the fan base, go back to your room alone. You know, we get it. So I think it's easier being yeah. married to a comedian. Yeah. You don't have to explain it or have any type of awkward. No. We yeah, get that good. most of the time the gig's going to come first. Uh, and how that's long, okay. How long have you been doing comedy? Uh, nine years. Nine years. Yeah. Do you have a a 
terrible memory that you would like to share with us? I have lots of terrible memories. <laughs> Just choose one. <laughs> so wait, this this husband is how long have you been married? Uh, we to Dale. last week we just celebrated four years oh that's exciting yeah it is okay so four years so that means the first five years of comedy you were married to someone else or you were single um when I started comedy I was married to husband number three okay and then when I went and full, then he became the comedy yes he was okay. <laughs> yeah you know they say what you put out into the universe is what you bring back and I used to do this joke on stage is um you know, I'm on my third husband, and he hates it when I call him number three because he knows my lucky number's four. Um, I used to do this goofy little joke, but I would that's do it on stage every night, and then yeah. I'm like, oh, that's what I put into the universe, and that's what I got. But, oh, no. Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah. So where did you start comedy at? In Florida? I was. I started at uh, McCurdy's Comedy Theater in Florida. I took their comedy class. Um, graduation was five minutes on stage, and that first night... It's like, oh, this is what I want to do when I grow up. Yeah. And that's, that's, and all nine I years did later, here, you, here yeah. you are. Yeah. We talked to a lot of uh, comedians and asked them about doing, you know, television and film. And I know you've done some stuff on um, Nick Jr. or at night, Nick. Uh, something yeah tell me nick at night nick jr channel uh it was my first tv spot it was just stand up yeah um nick mom night out they started doing adult programming thinking when the kids went to bed if they had adult programming the moms would leave it on that channel and keep watching it so it was just a stand-up special recorded it with a bunch of people happy cole and you know stuff it was it was a lot of fun and you know a few years into comedy getting a tv spot you're like ah! i've made it yeah and i was at uh working myrtle beach south carolina uh and when it aired for the first time and they put it up on the TV. Oh my gosh. But they didn't put the sound on, but they had, they put the TVs on so and it's had just it. You. And so it was me and it was right before show started. And they're like, and now the lady you just saw in live on TV and introduced me. So I'm sitting backstage watching it going, Oh my God, I look so fat and orange, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it worked for Snooki. So, so here I am. So here I am. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, a comic friend and I were just talking about this last night, you bad comedy stories. I did a gig for, um, you know, the kind of groups that wear the little hats at their meetings. Like the Shriners? Yeah, yeah. yeah like the Shriners. Oh, like but the red? Yeah, the Fez. Kind of the Fez yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had done a gig for uh, a group like that on a Friday night. Husband and wives and, you know, Midwest, beer drinking, hard work, and they're the greatest crowds ever. Just right. awesome show. They went crazy. They bought a bunch of merch. So the next year, the guy's like, hey, we want you to come back and do it again. I was like, rock on. Great gig. I'll be there. I get there. I walk in the door, and it is like all 80-year-old men in their little hats. And I'm like, oh, where's the women? And he's, you said there'd be women here. And he's like, oh, there's other women. They're, they're back around there. By That's the weird because the guys were also like, where are the women? <laughs> he's like, oh, they're back there by the bar. And so I walk around to the bar and the only other women in the room are two 20-year-old topless bartenders. Shut up. Yeah. Who, uh, by the time I hit the stage, were down to G-strings and topless. And um, So did you match them? Were you like, I got this. I'm going to one-up you right now. Uh, no, but somehow it involved bringing one of them on stage and whipped right. cream. Oh. And, wow. and That no longer sounds like comedy. Like, it then sounds like will a... you shut up and just listen to my jokes? Right. If, yeah. And, and at the end of the night, they were so drunk and so happy. Like, Wait, the guys or the girls? The guys oh. uh, were so happy. And one of the groups hadn't shown up. So they gave me like a four foot trophy second place band. 
So I left there with a big trophy and whipped cream it? in my hair, and uh, it was an as awesome, long as you awesome know it, it was whipped cream in your hair. Yeah, I think right. You're good. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. Okay. Do you yeah. still have the trophy? I do. I do. Sitting on your mantle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so special. So cherished memories. G strings yes. and whipped cream. So that's the name yeah. of your new book. There you, there go. you go. Your next uh, album. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited cream. about that. Would you want to do um, TV or acting? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, would love to do sitcoms and stuff and be able to fill comedy clubs. What about, um, Dale? Yes, absolutely. Which is why we moved to LA. We moved to LA uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, you know, you either have to do New York or LA and LA has better weather. And New York seems very like angry comedy, like, and LA is more like a melting pot of everything. So, right. Yeah. We're, you know, angry because it's so damn cold. Right. All the time. Cold and gray. Yes. Yeah. It's no fun. No, LA is a lot prettier. And we live on the beach. We live on Redondo Beach. We open our double doors and have a view of the water. Yeah. We do acting classes. We audition. We run around town and do sets. And Very cool. So, But you guys are, are full-time on the road, right, for the most part? Yeah. We try and plan times to stay home. We work, work, work on the road, set money aside, and then try and stay home. So we stayed home a lot January, February, March, and auditioned and did stuff and got out there and did sets and made connections. and. How is like LA that. versus, I know you're from Florida, L.A. versus Florida has got to be polar opposite. No, very similar. Really? I think pretty similar, yeah. It's sunshine and palm trees. No, no, no. I mean, like, the culture. Um, you still think it's similar? Yeah, I do. But maybe because I grew up in Sarasota. It's okay. an artsy right. uh, artsy community right. with a little bit of culture. and It's not Jacksonville. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's not Jacksonville. It's not Ocala or, you know. Right. And I grew up, I mean, I grew up Southern. I learned to fish off the side of an airboat in Lake Okeechobee. Or I learned to swim. That's where my dad would throw me over the side of the airboat and when fish beds Was he were trying there. to teach you how to swim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He okay, was. I just, I but he'd find, sure. he'd find fish beds and say either swim or walk on the fish. And I was a girl, so I was like, oh, I don't want to walk on the fish. So, right. yeah, you know, we went hunting in the Everglades. They had a cabin. So, you know, I did all that really oh, southern yeah. stuff. But living in Sarasota, I mean, Siesta Key Beach, one of the top 10 beaches in the world, and artsy people and stuff yeah. going on. So it was so. a tough, tough life growing it up. Was. It was. It was so hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for taking that one for the team because you are welcome. The rest of us really, really wanted to stay in charlotte <laughs> i think it's a lot here. like la i, I yeah. don't know i don't find the big culture shock though we moved there from louisville kentucky oh okay we were living in louisville for a few years before we moved out there why 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 kentucky uh it was just central to okay. travel for comedy sure. you know five six seven hours within a ton of comedy clubs they had two clubs in town at the time the uh comedy caravan so you were and driving an improv mostly yeah 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 did fifty thousand miles a year in our cars yeah. See, that's Will, my co-host, who's not here. Mm. Just in case you thought I was seeing someone who's not actually there. Thanks for being uh, here, Will. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Will. Jerk. Um, anyways, he drives everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I do one road trip to see my brothers in New Orleans, and that's it. I'm done for the year. Like 10 and a half hours in the car, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. It was never my favorite, but it was doable where my husband really enjoys it that quiet alone time in the car and the brain gets going and he writes he writes in his head yeah uh me I was never a big fan but you were listening to country songs listening to the words yeah exactly and you know five six seven hours it's doable and and when you're somewhere and you get done and you're like oh it's only a seven hour drive home I'm gonna go ahead and drive home tonight and do the all-night drive but when you're when you do that you don't think anything about it ah five six seven hours I can do that Yeah. yeah 
But now California, that's a pretty long flight. Because now I, I know you're not driving from L.A. to Charlotte. Oh, no. And things like that. No, 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 no. But that's even a long flight. That's what, five hours? Yeah, five, six hours across the country. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, those flights are terrible. Yeah, I'm a good napper, though. On planes? Yeah. Hmm. I'm a good napper. Well, and because we do stupid hours as comedians, like we go to bed at three o'clock in the morning. Sure. So we just stay on that schedule. You've got bartender hours. Yeah. yeah. Those are my hours. We just stay on that schedule, go to bed at three in the morning. So when we've got a 6 a.m. flight, we haven't really slept because we try to go to bed earlier, but you just can't make yourself. Your Um, body's not in tune with that schedule. No, it just isn't. So then we're exhausted by the time we get to the airport and the plane starts and you just pass out. Right. Which is what Dale Those eight mini bottles totally help. Yeah. My husband just texted me. He's like, so I got on the plane, I fell asleep. And the next thing I know, I hear an announcement and I'm like, oh, cool. We're in Detroit. But the plane had never taken off. Oh, no. And the plane was broken and they had to get off and so they could get on another plane. But he's so out. He's thinking, oh, we're already there. And it oh, had never left. So, yeah. Now, where is he from? He is from Southern Illinois. Okay. Methville. Methville. Started a comedy in Nashville at Zanies. Okay. And how did you guys meet? We met at uh, McCurdy's Comedy Theater in Sarasota, where I started comedy. Um, some friends, I was new, I was open micing it, and uh, some friends are like, oh, you got to come see this guy, he's crazy. And I was like, I don't want to go. You're like, no, I know too many of those. I got to work tomorrow. And uh, just, it was an amazing show. We hit it off, we became friends, and uh, then later started dating. And we actually got married at McCurdy's on their stage on oh, a Tuesday that's night. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, we had a comedy wedding. Spanky Brown, a uh, comedian, uh, did our service because he's a preacher's son. I don't know if it's legal, but... Uh, Whatever. Yeah, we're he did the service. And, you know, uh, his best men, uh, his groomsmen were comedians and me and him. And we had a hype man. Uh, it was oh, the best yes. wedding ever. Yeah, it was great. That sounds phenomenal. A hype man at a wedding? That alone makes it right better exactly. than any wedding I've been. And to. at the comedy club, people came in and got a drink, got a table, and then the show started. So it was it was awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it was just open to anybody. Um, no, or just your, your no. Friends? We invited people. I mean, right. we open it up, and we've got just random a, people rolling in. We've got a friend in uh, Florida um, who's a comedian uh, who has some disabilities. Okay. And he does pretty much the same act uh, for years and years and years. He holds up signs and, you know, it's kind of goofy. But as comedians, we just love it and we see the brilliance behind the... Sure. And But most people are like, I don't know what's happening right now. And instead of having somebody sing or something at our wedding, we had him get up and do five minutes. <laughs> and... <laughs> So as comedians, we're all howling and all our family and friends that are there are just looking Confused. at each other like, I, I don't know what's happening right now. This doesn't is seem this right. Is, I, I don't this, yeah, I don't know who he is or, or if he's making fun or, but yeah, it was beautiful. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So is this your first time in Charlotte? No, it's not. How many times have you been in Charlotte? Do you like Charlotte? I do like Charlotte. I'm going to sneeze. Okay. Bless you. Excuse me. That was the comedian gods shining down in you again, <laughs> yes. making you allergic to our pollen. <laughs> Thanks, comedian gods. Yay. Um, I was here uh, a couple of years ago. Um, they needed somebody to do the week uh, between Christmas and New Year. Okay. So I came and did this. And then, um, I mean, usually I do Fort Mill and Lake Norman and stuff, and that's all around the same area. So never at the Charlotte Comedy Zone, though. So this is your first time here? Yeah, no, I did the, the a couple of years ago, I did the week between Christmas and New Year here, here in this club. Yeah. Okay. 
Very cool. Well, we're happy to have you back. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Can you tell everybody out there where to find you and your website, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Everything I have is uh, Jody White Comic. Jody with an I, J-O-D-I-W-H-I-T-E-C-O-M-I-C.com is my website at Jody White Comic on Twitter and Instagram and Okay, I have to ask, is White your third marriage's last name it is okay because i was like you can't change it in since you've been doing comedy for five yeah. years. you know what i you mean you know i really i really debated um and i talked to uh you know the bookers here at the comedy zone right. and a few other clubs and i was like yeah so legally my name is jones jody jones okay um but on stage it's jody white right and i just left everything you can just tell people that's your stage name yeah, it, like, I don't gets, want people stalking me, so I'm Jody White on stage. It gets confusing though, a little bit because like they they still write my checks to Jody White, and I'm like, oh, oh. it doesn't work. Uh, oh yeah, that change that or mm, yeah. Um, then you know Dale never knows how to introduce me. Like when we're out at a club or something, like oh, this is my wife, Jody jo- Jody what? Jo- yeah, Jody, Jody, just, just, just one Jody. name, it. Prince or Madonna. There you go. Yeah, just be Jody. Though I I kind of wish I changed it now. I think Jody Jones has a cool. It does has a cool ring. Jody White's still nice, like though. a PI or something. Right, Jody Jones PI. Yeah. Looks like you'll be hunting down people and kicking their ass. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. What's that net Netflix show? Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Yes. Oh, we love loved, that. Love that show. Yeah, me too. Or loved. I guess it's off now, right? It's well, done. it's they just did the one season, but right. I'm sure they'll do another one. Yeah, just like uh, Daredevil. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Daredevil just came back, right? Yep. I believe so, yes. I'm waiting for those worlds to collide. Yeah. Slowly but surely. It'll happen. I'm sure. But. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. And I guess we will see you this weekend. See me this weekend with Arsenio Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots. Just awful at this. Ruben Sing along. This is my favorite. Favorite. I guess I did last one right to know. Uh, don't get too high. Last there, so. one to show I was the last one you thought you'd see there. And I saw the surprise. For all the dates and uh, details for our guests uh, this week, uh, you can follow Jody White uh, at uh, Jody White Comic. That's J O D I. W-H-I-T-E Comic C-O-M-I-C At Jody White Comic On the Twitter I think I just pulled Something in my back <laughs> Follow uh, Mary I was Lynn. so excited about her You can follow Mary Lynn Rice Cub And I'm actually Pulling that up right now I had it Is she coming to Charlotte Anytime soon? She's not coming to Charlotte uh, Yeah. She was just here Not too long ago Oh okay But uh, she, I missed her Daily dollar show I saw her We hugged and everything And zero record Yeah okay um, Mary According Lynn, to you Mary Lynn Rice Cub on Twitter At Mary M-A-R-Y Lynn L-Y-N-N Rice Cub is R-A-J-S-K-U-B Just like it sounds Mary Lynn Rice Cub uh, Is uh, Mary Lynn's Twitter account She's coming up in the next segment What is that last name? Uh, I, I, it's It's got to be Central or Eastern European Or something like that It's not, it's not yeah. I'll stick with Francis There you go Francis nice Irish girl right and yours is way too complicated too <laughs> uh, Will Jacobs is at I am Will Jacobs keep up with his dates and details on the Twitter Sammy Joe I'm at, at Sammy on air that's yeah. S-A-M-M-I don't spell it wrong guys come Let's on get it right I'm at NC Balto 72 if you feel like you want to don't forget to check out the podcast on iTunes the Comedy Zone podcast and leave I- feedback iTunes and Stitcher make sure you subscribe rate us leave a review it's the best way to help the show continue to grow and tell every single one of your friends and your parents us. 
That's well, right. maybe not your parents, depending on what parents you have. Yeah, you can tell your parents. Uh, debatable. They might not like me. Oh, who wouldn't like you? Good point. Hey guys, me again, and uh, if it makes you feel any better, I feel worse than I sound. So, uh, I've got that going for me. Um, here's the part of the show where Marilyn Rice Cub would have appeared had things worked out as scheduled. It did not. Instead, uh, we have an, inter- an interview that Will Jacobs did with April Macy, a uh, stand-up comic. Uh, she, uh, he did this interview um, a few weeks ago when Will appeared with April uh, on stage at a club down in Florida. And uh, this interview takes place almost immediately following when April had to deal with a little bit of a heckler situation. So uh, let's take a listen to the interview. This is Will Jacobs and comedian April Macy, and we'll see you guys next week. So that was fun. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> so we go. So so then we go from six in the first show. Yeah. To the middle show. It was a nice group. Yeah. It was a nice group. You're good. <laughs> you can be in. So, so, so that was, yeah, that was so. They were fun. They were yeah. super fun until the last one minute. That was, that's crazy. That, does that ever happen? Has, yeah. Can you remember? You can remember that happening before the last minute. The, not the last minute, but right. it's always like some inopportune, or you're like, this is like, why now? Or you take like a nice pause. Right. It's a joke that requires like a minute, like a second of silence. The timing is important. The timing is important. Yes. And it's the last one. So to go out of that, yes. to come back around into a closer is like. Now, I, I stepped out and walked in halfway through. What, how did that. Like the initial thing, you were starting it and then it just yelled out. I started it. Um, I, it's a joke where I say uh, every woman, what, it's like a going down joke because I'm real classy. <laughs> and it's talking about how women like to stay still, kind of like a chalk outline or a scarecrow. Yeah. And I don't know what he shouted, like, not no, with, you wouldn't. No, you not with me. Yeah. And I was like, oh. not with you. And he's like, then I'd flip you over. And were you talking to him? No. No, nothing. It was a quiet pause, and then it made me furious. Like, because to me, one to say not with me, and then I would flip you over, is one very aggressive as a woman. It's like that joke I have having a giant like always living in a bad neighborhood. Like, you know, that's kind of slightly. What are you talking about? Right. And he goes, well, you're saying, I'm like, I'm on stage. Like, you're not show. supposed, it's a show, and you're not the show. Right. To me, I find that, like, it's always older men, mm. and you find that, like, if a man talks about sex, women don't feel threatened in any way. They just laugh. Like, right. But if a dude, like, you could feel that guy came from an older generation, and ladies don't talk like that, he had to really put me yeah. in my place. Yeah. And then I ain't having none of it. I, I, I have like a weird Pollock rage. <laughs> so then, so then you, I mean, your comedy is. I mean, even in that, you can tell that there's real emotion in it. There's not just you're not just standing up there saying things like there like there's an emotional component to it. And when something like that happens, it, I guess because you know what it is. I think for most comedians, like I feel like I didn't have a voice as a kid. So I feel like when you're silenced your whole life and then now you have this platform and it's not a normal person that chooses, I think, to be a comedian. <laughs> like I think right. it takes like a pretty like normal girls don't travel 44 weekends a year and I feel like the work that goes into it like it seems like when you shout out at a show what I hate about it is in life there's life rumors you know what I mean there's Mm -hmm. here's 
50, 60, how many people, 200, 300 people in a room, and they're paying. And for some people, that's their only form of entertainment, maybe for the month, because yeah. a lot of people don't have much money. Mm-hmm. So if you're paying to go out, pay for two tickets, two drinks apiece, you're paying for a babysitter, mm-hmm. and then that person makes it about them. Yeah. I think there's such a selfishness to it that mm-hmm. I don't know what it, it incites in me, but it's a real deep rage. Well, the, pro- the problem is sometimes that when you're at a club, that person that might be doing that has yeah. been drinking so much that oh. what you say to them doesn't register. Like, it doesn't register that I'm embarrassing myself. But you know what? Some hecklers, like, I talk to the audience, and so mm-hmm. I invite it, like, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's a heckler where they really think they're genuinely helping the show. Like, I yeah, don't mind yeah, yeah. those. They're harmless. They're just like but Sometimes a fun they won't stop. You can shut them up pretty easy, though. Like, that's a different kind of heckler. Mm-hmm. That... Well, what's weird is, so, I I always think that the perspective of the performer is you make such a quick series of judgments, Mm -hmm. right? Do I engage, Mm -hmm. right, knowing I'm so close to the finish line? Do I let it go and blow it off? and finish because right. that's a choice and right? sometimes that's a better choice right yeah. uh, or you know I'm now going to engage so close to the finish line mm-hmm. in essentially a fist fight mm-hmm. that I think I should win right. but I don't know how long it's going to take me to win then I have to right? circle back to and a then yeah. I got to get back yeah. or do I close and then say if I get them good enough mm-hmm. then do I go at a point thank you and good night Right, and end on what's a kind of relinquish the close of my show to somebody else. Like yeah, it's a whole yeah. series right. of decisions, stuff. instant decisions. Well, and the other part of it too is, is I, I think what's an interesting crowd dynamic is you you create your show. Yeah, I would argue, regardless of what the acts that proceed, well, as all headliners do. Yeah, right. You should. I'm going to create my space, separation, and my show, and move on. Right. Yeah. Right. Within that space. Given the choices that you make on stage, there are, I'm sure, nights where it's a fragile construct. Yeah. Right? And so the kind of challenge that is challenging, arguably, your right as a woman to say these things may cause somebody who's just like the wobbly card in there that goes... I kind of thought that way too. Maybe this person is right. Maybe yes. I, you know, yeah. all of a sudden, what can be a great crowd dynamic, mm-hmm. all yes. of a sudden can shift slightly just from somebody going, "I'm not sure you have the right to say that." Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. got to go, whoa, 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 everybody. Come on, it's like a, it's corralling. like a jingle board. You're yeah. like, and when they cheer, and they came back on, and they did. Oh, this was great. This was great. But sometimes, like the worst heckler that I've ever seen, and I've never been more furious. But I know you can't. Like, okay, so my feature was in Kansas City. Was 16-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. If a 16-year-old boy has the courage, and granted, he's talking about stuff that most 16. adults don't relate to, right. but he had stage presence, he had some well-crafted jokes, he was up there for 20 minutes, and some middle-aged man shouted, you suck. This little boy had the best response. He goes, thank you, sir. I don't have a father. <laughs> You could see, like, his mom was in the audience. He didn't want to be, like, he didn't want to feel that way in front of, like, the female headliner. He wanted mm-hmm. to be, like, a man. And so when he got off stage, his little boy lip was twitching. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he was trying to hold back the tears. So I'm like, I know I can't go on stage finding the dude and battling it out right yeah. away. So I had to wait. I'm like, all right, I'll give him 15 minutes. 
we'll all get real comfortable right. and then I'm going to find him. <laughs> and then I did. And the audience in that situation, because I think everybody is kids, so they related. Like, that was their kid. The whole audience got protective. I found the guy and I was like, where is he? And I was like, that kid has more courage in his little finger than, sir, you'll ever have your whole fucking life. And I was like, anyway, I went on and on and on. But the audience, there was this uproar, like, just to make this guy, he needed to feel small, Mm -hmm. and I think people, the audience felt so bad that night, just men in general, like, making apologies for their gender, two men handed me money, like, thank you, thank you for saying that, and I was like, oh, but I'm like, that's the worst I've ever seen, is somebody that had the, somebody that was so shitty that would heckle a child, right, but this guy... I always get well. People don't know. I, I think what's interesting is depending on the subject matter. Yeah. Right. I, I think that there's this notion of having comfort. Yeah. We'd like to think that people have comfort talking about sexual things. Yeah. yeah the reality yeah. is, is it's still pretty private business, yeah. right? So there is, I think, some sort of repressed desire to be like, oh my god, somebody's finally talking, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of different dynamics that go on, right? And and But that's the reason for my show. Like, right. I think especially for women, I think women are taught to feel so much shame with our bodies, with like, how much food we eat, with sex, like, and it's a huge part of why you're here. So if you're taught to feel shame for sexuality, and you're, how can you have good self-esteem as a woman? So I think what I try to do is if women don't feel comfortable talking about sex just together, you might feel comfortable talking about it in the context of a show. Like, right. hey, wasn't that funny, that joke? And that opens up a dialogue for women to start to feel comfortable with sexuality. Like, mm. I think it's crazy that you can objectify a woman. You can use a woman's tits to sell fiber, but a woman doesn't feel comfortable masturbating. To me, that's so crazy. Or that you can show a woman being violently like assaulted or raped on TV, but like masturbation is what's taboo. Like, no, but that's not killing anybody. Like, it's a weird dynamic. So I think to try to shift that, Mm. it's so so then. So then, it's more for. So then, for you, it's about more than. I'm just just like making people laugh. Like, there's, 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 there's something else, and there's a philosophy that you. Yeah, like my high school boyfriend started a horrible rumor, like that. Like, I was that girl in high school. And, like, I think I was, a tr- like, cute in a small town. And when you're... You're automatically the town whore. Like, my mom was a town whore, even though she was just married to my dad. Because she was beautiful and had big tits, and women hated her. So that woman's a whore. Whore! You know? And then it was like she passed me the whore baton, and then I ran with it in high school. And when you... Like, that word just has so much weight for me. Like, yeah. whore, slut. You're like... It's just something to diminish women and make them feel small for the same act that a man gets to take pride in. Right. So for me, I guess it's more of like a social commentary on lady, lady sex. And that's interesting because sometimes I've, you know, I've interviewed Mm -hmm. uh, female comics before. Yeah. And they'll talk about, well, I don't, you know, I'm just out there to make people laugh. I don't carry that with me. And in other comics, yeah. you know, and, 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 and there's all sorts of different. As a black comedian, yeah. there may be some comedians you talk to say, "I just want to be funny." Others say, "There's a social, not agenda, but yeah. there is something in my mind, of you know, about things I'm trying to deconstruct and tear down." It's. I don't think I'm doing it perfectly, perfectly yet, because I feel like sometimes women will get it. Like I've had a few like women's studies professors at different universities. I've been like, "Oh, finally, somebody's talking about this," and like mm-hmm. other people just hear dick jokes. Like, right. so it's That's whatever the thing, you because it's a liberation sort of thing yeah. liberating women from these all these double standards, standards. and all these things yeah, like, and well, some people hear it and they just think wow she's well, really funny right. she's talking about dick jokes yeah. but 
but it's a, it's about other women. More than that. Like I like occasionally I'll have like an old woman. When an old woman comes up and hugs me and thanks me, there's nothing more satisfying than like a seventy year old woman because that wasn't her generation. Like, right. To me, that's I don't know. Like I'd like to also talk about. There's a lot of other lady issues, but yeah. it's what I relate to because so it was my. Funny too. Thanks. I mean, it's you know. And to me, like I don't think it's that. Dirty. Like, I'm not like, cat, cat, cat. It's like, the it's way you do it. It's and silly. Exactly. That's, see. Wiener. Because it is. Oh, it's engaged, right? So, yeah. But, there, but there's a self. So as a. Yeah. To the extent that the carnival always comes through town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, so I stay carnival. static. <laughs> and, it all, and it always moves through, right? Yeah. Um, oh. Is each person kind of constructs their set differently. Right? Yeah. And it's really interesting to see the latitude that, that comedians, even if what they're saying, they're saying forcefully, mm-hmm. but are saying self in a self-deprecating way, mm-hmm. they always get more latitude yeah. than the comedians that say it, same opinionated thing, but with aggression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's... It is possible to be forceful in what you're saying and self-deprecating and, at the same and time. And also very light. You can say something with a smile. We're like, I don't even know what I'm saying. Right, right. 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 Like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Did I just say finger in the butt? Who yeah. said that? Who said that? <laughs> right. And then it's okay, right? Yeah. It's not. It's so, and, and that, I think, takes a while. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very hard for when comedians are starting out. Oh, yeah. Is that they... Overstress message, mm-hmm. underemphasize funny, right? Yeah. And are saying and are, are are mistaking sometimes. I think being provocative mm-hmm. for being funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the end, no matter what somebody's saying, mm-hmm. it still has That's to result in laughter, right? right? So that part is always the key ingredient, right? It's gotta be. It's yeah. show business. But, yeah. Well, you can't put, you can't bring somebody in and have paying customers yeah. if. They're that not, you're not making a laugh. I think it's also something on the tail end, too. Like, I feel like people start off that way, trying to have their unfunny message, and then I feel like after a few successful specials, you'll see, especially there's some women where I'm like, when did you get so soapboxy? Like, mm. they're just standing up there, and I'm like, they lost everything that used to be great about them. Right. Like, I don't want to mm. point anybody out, but you're like, ah, oh, it's not funny anymore. Yeah. There's too much message. Well, right. I think, but, but some of that stems mm. from the cycle our industry, yeah. I think, has been influenced in the same way that the music industry has been influenced. Unfortunately for us as performers, mm-hmm. we don't live in a singles world yeah. the way music does, yeah. right? Uh, a pop artist doesn't have to write a it's good album hits. anymore. You can, right. you can, and they, and now there's emphasis to go release the single, release the single, release the yeah. single, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then support it with live dates. Right. For us, you you invest mm-hmm. that first thing you put out the first real thing that you do takes the longest right. typically to get right. the life cycle on everything that follows subsequent to that mm-hmm. is in a compressed time zone and so I think that there is pressure to go well where's the new stuff where's the new special where's the new something and you go well hang on a second it took right? me this long to develop it took me long to get the other one yeah. Yeah. First and I, yeah. well that's why when you see somebody and they put out a new hour and then all of a sudden the net like it took them 20 years to get hone I don't think people realize how long it takes to really hone and refine that hour like when somebody told me when I first started you won't even begin to find your voice for 10 years and like my ego is like, no way, I'm gonna be yeah. great. 
two. Right. And then you hit ten, you go, oh shit, it's not even close to what I want it to be. Right. Like, wow. it's not... So if you had to describe your voice, how would you describe it? I like to say that I empower women one dick joke at a time. Like, I do, I really want... Because I think self-esteem... If you're here to procreate, make children, and like sexuality is a huge part of who you are, but you're told to squelch it, well, how would you ever have good self-esteem? Right. You're taught that you know your only value as a woman is youth and beauty. Well, that's fleeting. So unless you put it into something else, right. I just like to see women maybe have stronger, stronger voices. So then, how would you? How, how would how would you say you are different as a performer in that way from ten years ago? Or, you know, like... I'm, I'm just a better... Like, I, you, I look at old tapes, and I can't believe I invited people to shows. Where you're like, what was that? I thought I was great. Like, I think you have to think you're great to keep going. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, if every time you just think you stink. Right. Um, like, now I'd like to take it more into my family, because I think that gives what I'm talking about a little more weight and perspective. If you're like... But it's so hard to be that vulnerable to talk about mm. like true family stuff. Well, so do you? Do you? What, do you feel like there are different standards mm-hmm. that are applied to where you're supposed to be in life as a female comic than to a male comic? What do you mean? Where so do you think? So do you think a similarly aged bachelor comic yeah. is potentially viewed? by an audience and go, well, why isn't he? Whatever, in the same way that other people might project on you and go, well, not why married. isn't she? Why is she yeah. a kid? Yeah, of course. But I think that's society in general. Like, I think I want a kid. It's just, it never dawned on me until recently. And then I go, uh-oh, I might only have like 10 eggs left. Right. Shit. <laughs> right. like, I don't have a dude. Oh, shit, I don't even have a dude. Right. But I never, because I've only cared about, like, I think my parents, shit, not that my dad's going to listen to this, but I think my parents were kind of selfish. So for me, I know until, like, I never wanted a kid until I felt like I could turn my life over to a kid. And then you realize with comedy, other than traveling, the first five years, you don't work that many hours. So I have way more hours to give a kid. Right than like somebody else that has a nine to five job mm-hmm. and this is the first time like I feel like I'm financially stable that yeah. I could have a kid so but yeah no I think there's a completely different even when it comes to being dirty like nobody says like David Tell he's so like men don't get that label where I think ah oh, dirty right. like a man can say the same thing like a guy's talking about masturbation you're like ah oh, it's a great masturbation joke right, right, right. but a lady you're like wait a Right. Ladies are supposed to talk. Right, and that's that's just totally how we're all socialized. Yeah. Like when you're a kid, you know, if you're, they call it a ladies' man. Yeah. When you're a guy, you're with a lot of women, but a woman is just a whore. Like, just I've never understood because every guy, like, every woman, like, this is another joke I used to have. It's like a woman's number is always three, but men have high numbers. Who are you fucking? Like, it's the same. Every woman, if a guy, yeah, girl, right, guy, right. girl, There's gotta be somebody. Somebody's fucking somebody. Or somebody's lying. So what's interesting is, uh, right, so I, I've got three daughters, yeah. right? And I find that I am really challenged mm-hmm. for, because I come at it from the standpoint of saying you need to get over yourself Yeah. that your body is what matters. Right, yeah. and I and I don't mean that negatively, and it sounds aggressive to say mm-hmm. it that way. Mm-hmm. But from the perspective of a teenage boy, yeah. the message girls get is save, save this, yeah. and only give it out on special, special occasions, occasions to the right person. 
the message boys get is if these two aren't available, move to those two. two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so to me, it's like this is not all that. Yeah. Right? There are so many other things and the and the challenge with that is to go having enough experience with women to yeah. know that when you talk to guys, yeah. they will universally say, I like a confident woman. I like a funny woman. No, I like no. a woman who would right. So this is what's said, right? It's a lie. Okay. But <laughs> So clearly, it's the same thing with the numbers, right? Yeah. So somewhere in there mm-hmm. is this notion of going, I say I want this, yeah. but yet I choose this all, all the, time. the time. All the time. And somewhere... Submissive, sheepish, isn't going to give you two... You know you're going to get a little sassafras from this lady. <laughs> <laughs> but, part of, but I think part of the maturity of relationship, right, is about communicating in a real way, yeah. not in a way where you're in danger or jeopardy to say, this is what I want, yeah. right? This is what I want out of life, mm-hmm. and then when we're together and we're naked, this is what I prefer. Yeah. And the problem with that is, is the message I think that women get is to say, but you should find out none of that yeah. on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So let you go, a man dictate that for you. Let, yeah. Right? So, mm-hmm. so how is it possible that you can say, as a woman in a relationship, you should have a voice about what you like and how your body works, mm-hmm. but yet nobody ever says, by the way, read the manual on your body periodically when you get yeah. a chance, right? Yeah. If you can yeah. figure out how to... You know, restart your computer when you need to. Yeah, right. Exactly. And that's a and that's a really and so with my daughters, I'm like, how do what's the proper? How do you thread that line, right? Because there are times when they'll come down and they'll be ready to go to school and they've put together themselves and they feel like they look like a million bucks and I want them to feel like they look like a million bucks. And I'm like, you know what? You're 14. You look awesome. Rock it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I send a terrible message to go get back upstairs. Yeah. Right. Go change your clothes and go do what. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a. It's a. Yeah. Well, I think for me, my parents, because my parents were uh, married at 18, they had me at 20, so it was this idea that like we don't want her making the same mistake. So my dad was like so crazy overprotective. No boys. So if you something, everything's forbidden. You're like that's all I want are boys. Like because you won't let me go on dates with normal. Like I wasn't allowed to go. Normal school functions. I'm like, but everybody in school is being properly socialized, yeah, right, and right. I'm the one yeah. that has to stay home. Like my curfew is 8:30. I'm like, I can't go out because they gotta drop me off 15 minutes later. Right, right. So I became promiscuous one because I think there was a lot of abandonment. Like I had a lot of death. So you're like, well, now I'm just seeking out some sort of love because sure. everybody's dying. And then it was this forbidden thing. So for me, sex, like I think I acted out a lot sexually when I was you know, much younger. Now I don't care. I'm happy to be right. home and lay on the couch and watch Home yeah, right. Like, I haven't had sex in like a year and a half like, <laughs> after breaking up. So, but that, so then is that part of it? I mean, is that part of your, your, your comedy and your act is all those things that were forbidden? Yeah, it's all... You were young, yeah. You just... Be on stage. I think it's also for other women. Like, I don't know any woman that, like, any one of my female friends that has great self-esteem, and I don't think that's fair. Like, I think for women, why can you objectify her and use her body to sell things, but if she decides to, like, take charge of her own body, then we have to shame her? Well, it's it's so weird to hear about the self-esteem piece, because Mm -hmm. as a man, you know, a lot of times as men, we're used to getting turned down by women, you know, like, uh, no, like yeah. that, that person has self-esteem, that person seems like they got it all together yeah. and it's just, or maybe they're just so used to that constant coming at them that it's just like, it's oh. not, it's hard, it's, it's an interesting thing, right? Yeah. Because I would think generally speaking, yeah, right? 
I, I can't honestly say that there's been a time. I, I mean, I'm sure people who interact with me are like, I don't like that guy. Yeah. Right? I mean, I know definitively that's the case, right? <laughs> yeah. But yet I don't ever leave the house being like, people aren't going to like me all day long. I like I'll leave the house and I'm like, yeah. this is a great day for people. Right? You know what I mean? It's a great day for me, right? And meanwhile, they're like, how's this guy's deal? Right? But I, so I don't ever think that there's this notion of like, dude, I can't go. I'm feeling, I look shitty today. Right? And I think that there's this notion that I think that women sometimes will be like, I'm not going out because I don't look, look the right good. way or I don't do whatever. Well, that's your value. That's your core value. That's yeah. what you're taught as a woman. Like, I look at my mom and my mom was stunning. Like, absolutely stunning. Like, crazy, crazy beautiful. But that's all she ever put self-esteem in because it's all she was ever validated for. Mm. Well, now as you age, as she's aging and you watch that slowly going away, there's nothing left like she didn't put stock into the fact that she's a great painter that she right. taught herself 12 different instruments so that much she's, of her self-esteem and worth based, was invested in it's that, all i think it's most stuff. of women's self-worth is that and i think it's also why i'm animated on stage i think to be less threatening to women if you make yourself like an ugly cartoon yeah. well then you're not even like kind of a real person you're not somebody who's going to be any threat to their man i'm not even like and, that, you know and that's why it's also over the top sexual because then I take myself out of that dating pool a little yeah. bit too. So I think women, you want to guard that man. You got to guard yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, something. And I think I think men. Um, I think men do it in a different way. I think men, men. Men don't. Men don't invest in the look thing necessarily. Yeah. Men invest in careers and professions and titles. That's a way healthier thing, though, don't but you think? I don't think it's any more healthy because I, at the end of the but day. But that's your accomplishments. If it's not like not that if it's a dude who's just wealthy and your dad turns over a business to you, well then you didn't necessarily earn that success. Mm-hmm. But if you worked your whole life for accomplishments and achievements, like I take up great self-esteem in my career. Right. But, like, the, but the problem with that is, mm-hmm. like for me as an example, I'm an attorney, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the lawyers I work with is Esquire. Mm-hmm. Don't say my last name anymore. Make sure you say Esquire well, so everybody true. knows. Blah, blah, blah. You know, but yeah, it's like, well, what happens if you lose your job? Who are you? Who are, what's left? If everything you were was this big firm you're at or this title you had, yeah. well, what if you lose it? What's yeah, that? you have to start redefining. I think that's where exactly. a lot of men commit suicide. Exactly. Yeah, with, even when you look at the stock market crash and things that have happened to people leaping out of windows, it's because so anyway. much of their identity was tied up in things. But you know, like, I've dated, I've dated uh, guys, and that, like, guy recently, he's like, so when do you think you'll quit this comedy thing? Thing? And I'm like, motherfucker, I built this thing. It's mine. You know what's leaving? You. You. (laughs) That's a perfect note to end on. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking for That was fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fun. Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the NC Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Hepburn, Lisa Barr, and Brian Baltashevitz. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever.